Good evening. How are you? I'm, I'm are you talking to me? Yes, ma'am. I'm okay. talking to you. I'm, okay, I'm, right. I'm great. I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. How are you? Life is good. Life is really good. We just got done. Um, and I say just got done. I mean, I just got off the plane a couple hours ago. Um, we just had our year-end gala for everybody under the Apogee mm -hmm. tribe. So the men, the women, families, there were hundreds of us uh, in Texas. So it just cup is full. Haven't slept in like three days, Leah, um, at all. Um, but it's been amazing. And I got to see so many of these wonderful ladies that are joining us live here too. Got to see them in person, got to hug everybody. I didn't look like a farm bum while I was there. So it was nice. I actually combed my hair and everything, but it was great. Beautiful. So, I know. So, so thankful for you coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. No, pleasure. If you're okay, I'll give you like 30 seconds of, of context. This is Coach Witt, by the way, who's on here with us. And I got to see Hi. Coach Witt in person too. And I got to throw her up on the stage without her knowing that it was going to happen. And that's always fun to do too. Um, but want to give you just some context super quick. Mm -hmm. And then we want to hear more about you, if that's okay. Yeah, let's do it. Beautiful. So we have got, so a gentleman named Tim Kennedy is my business partner. And, and a lot of people know who Tim is and, and some may not, but we have put together an organization where we've got um, amazing men from around the world that we get to work with and mentor throughout the year. We've got amazing women who many of them are live on the call with us. Uh, we have the same for young men. We're developing our young women's program. And then we have another 50 K through 12 schools that we are launching uh, all over the country here in the fall. It all ties together. It's all based on real education of being the person you were designed to be and making families strong and sovereign mm -hmm. again. That's it. That's the goal. So these are the best humans on the planet and we get to hang out with them. Not a bad deal. So mm -hmm. every week we get to bring in some of the best mentors. Um, and we've had so many amazing men, so many amazing women, many of whom uh, you know and would know by name. And so we're grateful to uh, to call you a new mentor as well. And super, super excited that you're here. Great. So there's Thank that. you. Yeah. So we're going to dive into you for a few okay. Um, mm -hmm. and get your story and get your background and make sure this mm -hmm. does go out to a, a good six-figure audience as well. And so we want to make sure people know who you are and what you're up to. Yeah. And then these ladies are going to ask some questions too. So we'll just have some fun. I can't so, wait. That said, we can always do the bio stuff, but I'd rather do this. Who does Leah say that she is? That's a different kind of question. Um, mm. So I'd love if you don't mind, who mm -hmm. does Leah say who she is? And, and then we'll go from there. Mm, who does Leah say that she is? I, um, I'm God's daughter. I am claimed by Christ. Um, and I'm constantly uh, struggling to be what he's called me to be. Mm. Um, that's who I am. Uh, and I've learned to change that answer over the years to what I just said. Yeah. Um, that's very intentional. And so I used to say a lot of things of things that I do or um, other people that I belong to or that belong to me, which are, are still very important. I'll get to that in a minute, but, mm -hmm. uh, but ultimately at my core, like that's who I, like my identity. When I think about who, who is Leah, I'm starting to change that and to be very intentional about saying it, even when it is not the identity that is comfortable to say. Mm -hmm. And it, it 
you don't think it is until you are in a situation where you're live or you're in front of a whole bunch of people or you're on a stage and then you realize, who am I really going to say that I am? Mm-hmm. Will I really tell who I am to these whole, like all of these strangers and these people that I, that I guess I'm kind of looking for validation or I'd like to have support from on this stage or on this, you know, virtual screen, or, um, will I say things that'll make all of us comfortable and happy or will I say truth, right? Mm-hmm. Will I speak truth? Mm-hmm. So, so that's who I am. That's my identity. That's who I am. Uh, to I, who, who, who I am. I'm also a wife to Ricky. Um, uh, I, we've been married for 11 years. Um, he's a green beret and he is always keeping me on my toes with everything, um, structured as those army yeah. guys typically are, which is yeah. very good. Um, and I have, uh, six kids here on earth. I have two little girls in heaven. Um, I have been a lot of things. I've done a lot of things. I've had a lot of, uh, my past is colorful and wild and it's been a divine adventure. Um, I have lost myself. I have found myself. Um, and now I'm working on keeping myself centered and intentional and helping women to do the same in their life, to follow their dreams, um, to become who they um, know that they've been meant to be by God so that they can um, create those strong families, create that strong identity within themselves um, and start to rebuild what is broken in them and around them. Mm. So good. The heroes, I love the colorful past, man, the hero's journey. I mean, really, that's what it is, right? I mean, this continuous journey, this continuous cycle of transformation. Um, that's beautiful. Thank you for that, for that background. And and I I love how you started that too. And you're and you're talking about um that identity piece. And and I know this is a, you know, kind of an interesting philosophical question, but it's something that I I dove into recently with our men. It's something I dove into recently with the young men we get to serve. It's no different for men and and for young women. When we're talking about identity in that way, Mm -hmm. do you believe it is more a process? And forgive me, because I start schools and we start schools that focus on the Socratic method. So my mind works this way. Do you feel like the identity is something that we are tasked with creating or is it something we are tasked with discovering and does what whichever one you choose does it still leave room for the other i know that's a big philosophical question but is yeah. it more about creating who you are or is it more about discovering who you are to you. I mean, obviously no right or wrong on that necessarily. Yeah. I, I think it's some beautiful, messy combination of, yeah. of both yeah. because um, when you discover maybe who you are, right. There has to be a point of then aligning yourself and getting into alignment of that truth and an alignment of like, what do I need? What do I have to do to change or to create to create space, to be that person that I realized this is what I'm discovered. And then mm. sometimes if you go this other path where you start creating it for yourself, you realize in the process of creating it, creating this identity for yourself, you've discovered something deeper that was there and create and was, was mm. part of you. That's uncreated. Mm. It was from the divine. And so I, 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 I love these questions. Really I think sometimes it's, it's one of those pieces where you know, God writes straight with crooked lines, like whatever path you go, like whenever you take action in some form of your life, if you just take the action, um, it's the allowing yourself to be redirected when you're, when you're called to the redirection. Mm. 
Yeah, really good. No, really good. It's um, it reminds me what a lot of times I talk about um, us as as parents, and I want to get into I want to get into you and Ricky. And Ricky's a Green Beret. He knows Tim. Tim is a Green. I mean, he Tim's also a Green Beret and a Ranger and special like. So I guarantee Ricky knows Tim for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to talk about you know Ricky meeting him the six. I like I want to talk about that whole thing. But from a parenting standpoint, I have three of my own and my wife and I always talk about the fact that we are environment creators because um, in our creation of the environment, we're allowing for our hope, our desires that we're allowing for our three young heroes to figure out who they have been created to be. Right? And so um, we do the creating so that they can do more discovering, but I do think that what you said, it ends, ends up being this big, you know, messy circle and, and all that. So I, I think it's a fascinating thing, man. So you creating slash discovering who you mm-hmm. were, do you mind giving us a little background of that trajectory? I know you said wild and colorful. We don't have to get too crazy, but I'd love for people to hear, hey, look, we're all, we've all been a hot mess and maybe we are still a version of a hot mess. Um but sometimes there's some some great truths that we learn in that, and we all have an upward trajectory. So would you give us a little yeah. bit of kind of the the background story? Absolutely. So yeah, can condense. We'll condense. You know, a few decades of sure. my of my life here <laughs> in a couple of sentences. No problem. But so. Um, I, a, a very large departure where it happened for me. So I was raised with this great family. I have a, and I still do. I have a great mom and dad. They raised us well, and um, they 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 did the best they could do. Um, but there was a point for me where I began not valuing my own worth, and I didn't think I was worthy of. Um, I didn't think I, I at some point because of my own decisions. I didn't think I was really worthy of God's forgiveness anymore or a place in His um, in his life. Mm. And so, um, I mentioned that because that's very important to where the path that I led afterwards, um, we all seek community and we seek, we, we all seek a group of people to hold us, uh, maybe not necessarily accountable, but to, to hold us in support. Mm-hmm. And so depending on what that group is for you, if you're not getting into one group, you will naturally seek out another group that will be more affirming to you. And so it's, that's very difficult, obviously, when you're a kid too, when you're not, maybe you don't have the best moral compass or you're trying hard to figure it out you don't know. So I was raised with, with a great family, but I began through some choices of mine. I felt very ashamed and I felt like, oh man, I've screwed up so bad. I don't think there's any hope for me to go back to this place where I was before. So I found a new group. I found a new group that would support like whatever I was doing whenever. And that led me down this path where I really was looking at culture as the babysitter to me, looking at culture as the mentor to me. And and I don't, of course, I didn't really think that, but Mm -hmm. I began looking at all of these other voices and opinions of what a woman should be, how, like how she should act, what her relationship should be like, um, to inform me of my identity. Mm -hmm. And so that allowed me the, to take many steps in, in this direction towards culture of what it said a woman should be and look like and talk like, and how she should vote. And I mean, I mean, anything, right? Mm-hmm. So fast forward, I have this great idea because I was, I didn't know what else to do with my life that I would audition for a reality TV show. I auditioned for America's Next Top Model, which was a, on a while back. Thank God that's over. And that that show. Is- I'm still waiting for my call, Leah, on that. So <laughs> I 
but that's okay. It's, yeah, it was, it was, it talk about a hot mess. Reality TV is the hottest of hot messes possible out there. So I got on, I was on cycle three of that TV show. I got on this TV show thinking that this was going to be like the place for me to get all my answers of who I was. Right. Um, I'm on and Tyra Banks is, you know, mentoring us and we're getting all this education, so to speak for this, for this work. Um, we can feel free if anybody has any questions about that, you can ask later, but that was really eye-opening to me of getting outside of like your own backyard and really seeing what culture really has to say to women. Mm -hmm. And, um, from there, I decided after I was off of the show and eliminated, I decided to stay in New York and I continued a modeling career and I was successful. I mean, I was able to get jobs and I had a comment in my paycheck and I thought I was making it. My picture's on Times Square. It's on the side of taxi cabs from, you know, jobs that I was doing. And I thought that like, this was incredibly fulfilling. And I kept thinking that it would be at some point, I, even though I was getting the paychecks and I was getting the jobs and I was getting, you know, the fame and I was in the magazines at some point. I realized it's just never enough. I was just, I just kept running after the next goal, goalpost. It kept moving back and um, I didn't know what to do. And so there was a moment um, I actually got a call for this international photo shoot and it was, it was a very big magazine and it was going to kind of skyrocket my career. It was like that next really big step. And I, and I, I knew it. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go for it. So I was in the shoot. And this is one of those moments where I, I mean, I had no, in, I had no intention of what, ha- of what happened for it to happen. Like I did not go in at all thinking my life would change when I walked out of that shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I walked in, I got into hair and makeup and was in my shot and like getting everything ready. It was normal stuff going on, just like the, just like the career. And so I'm, I'm doing it. And it was in this moment, literally a flash from the photographer from like, we started up the shoot again. and. I had this, these few moments where I just had a spiritual experience. I know, I, I know this sounds like, what is this? Oh, I've heard this story before, right? Like this isn't, this is crazy. Like for me to even tell you the story, like I almost don't even believe that this happened to me. And I've been sharing this testimony of mine for over 15 years on stages across the world. And I still can't believe what I'm about to tell you, but I was in that shoot and the photographer, um, I remember he took the shot and, um, at the flash, I did a rookie move. I looked right into the flash instead of the lens. Mm. And so I pulled at my finger like this and I'm like, Oh, hold on a second. And I just needed a blink to regain my focus. And, um, and I was just regaining my focus and I saw this image inside my head. Um, and it was like a little movie was playing and this lasted no more than 60 seconds What I'm about to share with you. And, uh, I saw myself wearing the outfit that I was wearing, um, which is not in all the image that I would ever want, um, to represent women or, you know, for my, for my, for my girls to see this was like, it's just, it was one of those images that of course garners lots of attention and makes women look at, look like objects more than anything else. Um, and I, ha- I saw myself though, inside my mind and I had my hands raised up like this and I was giving them to someone. And then mm. I felt this massive, like feeling of disappointment, um, like in my gut, it was like <sighs> deep in my gut. And I pulled my hands back down to see what was in them. And my hands were completely empty. And, um, I heard five words on my heart at this point, this is in the middle of the photo shoot. Like there at this point, I'm just still blinking to regain my focus, but I'm seeing this in my head while it's going on. And I heard five words on my heart and I just heard, um, I heard, uh, I made you for more. And I was like, mm. like I am not going crazy today. Like I'll go crazy tomorrow. 
I will go create any other day, but not today. Like I've got to be a professional. I've got to keep this stuff together, you know? And I heard it again. I made you for more. I made you for more. And then the last two times I heard it, I heard the emphasis was actually um, on the first part. It was, I made you for more. And you can agree with me and think it's a great spiritual moment, or you can think it's the result of a bad ham sandwich. I mean, either way is it's okay because what was most important is that I knew in that moment I was made for more than taking this picture. I was made for more than being an object. I was made for more than this career. I was made for more than what culture told me as a woman that I should be, or I should look like, or I should do. I was made for more than that. And I got up and the photographer was like snapping his fingers, like, Leah, come on, come on, let's, let, let's get back with this shoot. And I just ended up kind of like, like looking at everybody around me. And I see all these assistants and photographers and everybody. And I was like, I got to get out of here. They're like, what? And I'm like, no, I'm leaving now. And I go straight to wardrobe. I take off all their clothes. I put on mine. I'm grabbing my bag like crazy. The makeup artist was like rushing over to me like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Everybody feels this way in the beginning. You're, you're, you're going to feel more comfortable later. Don't worry about it. We'll get you whatever you need. And I was like, I have to leave. I walk out, I get to the door and, uh, there's a lot of colorful statements going on. At some point it started out nice. And then it got to be pretty intense. It was really vile at the end of like, who do you think you are? We will replace you. And, um, before I left, the photographer yelled at me across the room. I'll never forget it. And he just said, um, if you leave, you'll be a nobody. Mm. And I remember I just looked at him. It caught me. I was like, what? He goes, if you leave, you'll be a nobody. I'll make sure of it. And I just looked at him and I just said, mm. do you promise? Mm. And that was it. Like, I got it then. Like, there was something that finally clicked in my brain where I was like, oh, I've made you. I've made everybody else in the world mm. more important than that quiet, still voice within me that tells me who I am, that tells me who, who he's called me to be. And I have not listened to that voice. And I think that I probably should listen to something deep within me that calls me to be a better woman. So I walked out, I walked out and, um, I walked all the way down fifth Avenue crying like crazy. I mean, my makeup streaming down my whole face. I look, I look, I look completely insane or like a normal New Yorker. It all depends on your definition. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. That's fair. I love my New Yorkers, but yeah. So, I mean, I walked out and, um, I went all the way home to my apartment. I did the only thing a girl could do. I, um, I called my dad and, um, I picked up the phone and I called my dad, my dad, um, who is living in Missouri and that's where my parents live. And, uh, I just said, if you don't come and get me, I'm going to lose my soul. And there was a very long pause. Um, And when my dad finally spoke, he just said, "Um, okay, baby, I'm coming to get you. And my dad drove 2,000 miles to come and pick me up. That's right. 2,000 miles to come pick me up. And I mean, you know, this is obviously before I was married, before I had kids. And you just don't comprehend the love of a father, the love of a parent like you do as as a parent. And as a kid, you're just, you just don't get that. But my dad came and he, um, he helped me put back all the police, all the pieces of me that was broken. And he helped guide me to the places of truth that I needed to be at. And from there, it slowly brought me to a point. Um, I talk about that point afterwards, about three years from that point. Um, I just began like this deep kind of, um, spiritual rehab, so to speak. And also just like taking care of the things I needed to take care of in my life and getting my, my mind, right. My heart, right. My soul, right. To the point of 
who I really felt like I was called to be and how I needed to start working on myself to become that person. Um, and then through some very organic local opportunities, a few people wanted me to share my story. Um, and that was over 15 years ago. And it was really by, it was, it was completely by accident. Of course, I think it's by accident, but, um, and I've been doing that. I've been sharing this testimony and, and, and a lot mm -hmm. of different things else that I've learned over the past 15 years. And from there, that public speaking career has turned into mentoring and coaching women and coaching women in business now too, especially mompreneurs. And anyway, so that's a very, I, that was not short. Oh, was so I, good. Oh, don't, don't, it doesn't have to be short. We want to know about you. We're having a conversation yeah. here. So we want to know about you. I want to make sure everybody knows where you're coming from. I want these women here, but I want, again, this goes out. I want people listening to this and know who you are and what you've gone through. So no, I think that was phenomenal. And, and, um, what I what I love about this too, and you were prefacing and saying, look, you can think I'm <laughs> you can think it was a spiritual experience or a result of a bad ham sandwich. And like, and that's great. That's fine. And what but what I love about what you're what you're really saying there, what I love about our, our community and, and this goes out is look, there there will be some different beliefs. We might there'll be people that say God and people that say I'm not sure, and there'll be people that say God, but they mean God to them is is this and and there's differences between you know catholicism and lds and what, like there's all of those things okay great so we can discuss all of those things and we can see where we differ but we can maybe start where we come together and part of what you were doing is you were holding a standard you were identifying a standard too that you did not agree with anymore right and so people can come together on these standards and if we'll come together and see these standards then we can start to go okay cool then what why do we think these standards exist and that ends up becoming something that's a very cool conversation but all of us starting agreeing on this standard that hey we're all made for more mm -hmm. made for more and and that's what we're after is figuring out what does that more look like and then how do we go share that with everybody else right how do we go share that how do we go lift everybody else up and come around like I I love that man, and I love that you held the standard. And I'm proud. I mean, I know we just this is the first time meeting each other, but I'm proud of you for holding that standard too and taking that step. So rad. So you, I mean, that's a powerful experience. And then come 15, you know, years later, you're talking to people about that, and you're bringing other people through their own journeys as well. What does that look like if you don't have um, you know, that you're using your experience to help bring them through. And maybe you guys have the same beliefs. Maybe you don't, but you guys have those same standards. What does that look like on the day-to-day -day right now for you? Like as the coaching and uh, are you focused more on moms and helping them being better moms? Is it focused more as, no, these are the mompreneurs and we're, we're walking them through how to do business and be a great mom. Like, what does that look like for you? What's kind of the focus? Yeah. So the work that I really have been focusing in on for the past couple of years, um, and it's been beautifully evolving, you know, and I, I will say that's one of the things that I am so grateful for is, uh, my willingness to evolve. Like God is, God is good. Like I'm just constantly like, okay, so I'm not holding on to, I'm not grasping this one thing that I'm doing right now. Right. Um, but I've learned to have very, um, loose hands on the reins. You know, mm -hmm. if you, if you, if you do any type of gardening or if you do any work with animals, or if you do, if you've ever ridden a horse, if you hold tight to the reins of a horse, you are going to have the most uncomfortable ride <laughs> on the planet. So true. It will not feel good the mm -hmm. next day, right? If you are holding tight to those reins 
the whole, mm. the whole time. But when you have that loose script, you are, you're working with this animal and you're writing it. So, um, I, I now live on a farm, so I have a lot of farm and nature analogies here and stuff like this. So like, you're going to have to bear with me. That's just what's hey, where it's where I'm you at. You might hear a rooster crow while you're telling it. So you're good. Oh, you're you, we, we are, we are, we are fast friends. Yes, yes this is it. So, so what I've been doing now is this work is really coaching and mentoring, um, entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, um, and, and moms as well, because I am a mom of six and I've been able to start and create businesses that have been successful and have had their times where they're not successful and how to get them up and, you know, get them alive again. Um, I really love that work. I love helping um, women. I love um, working with women. I love working through the mindset of women. I'm a mindset coach and a business coach. And I really kind of hold those two things, those two pillars really close together. Um, because of so, I have such a varied, you know, background and a lot of things, a lot of struggles that I've had and hurdles that I've had to, you know, jump over and muddy puddles I've had to step over. Um, it's been very helpful as that parlays into business and into the work too, because I know it's, I know it's convenient to, to try to divide out your life into these sections. Like, okay, I'll do mom stuff here and I'm going to do business stuff over here. Mm -hmm. And then I like, but that's not reality. That's not what you do, right? You're a mom, you're a mom, no matter what is going on. You're a mom when you are alone and you have all the free time in the bathroom, you're still a mom. You're still thinking about the mom stuff. Okay. Right. Um, when you're in business and you're on stage and you're speaking or you're, you're on that sales call, you're still thinking, did I prep dinner? Like, like mm -hmm. you're still doing it all. And so there was always, it's that beautiful tug and pull of this relationship, but how do we keep the most important things, the most important things, but still get done what needs to get done. And I love that when I work with mompreneurs, I love that space. And so, um, I've just tried to dive into that, into that little arena of helping moms in that, in that area, um, be the best businesswoman they can for their business, like make the most money, do the most good with that. Mm -hmm. And then also keep, keep your sanity know how to prioritize, love your babies and your dreams. Cause I think babies and dreams go together. I just, I, I absolutely, absolutely will fight to the, to the death for anybody who tells me that they have to be separate. Yeah. This is not true. Oh gosh. I love that so much. So this is where I've got to be unselfish. So I'm going to let coach wit keep going here. And ladies, I want you to start popping hands up. I, Babies and dreams going together is something that I want to go do a dang deep dive on right now, but I will not be selfish. I'll let you guys continue the conversation. This is where you start putting your hands up too. Coach Witt, I know is going to take some things over too. Um, I'm going to hop out so that you guys can go as deep in the woman side as you'd like to go without having some white bearded guy in your way. Um, Leah, they're, we're going to whittle rock for the rest of the hour. I'm going to reach out to you in the morning as well, if you don't mind, because there's something I'd love to send you guys to the farm if you're okay. And and yeah. um, got some ideas I'd love to, to, to see if I can bless you guys with. So, so grateful for you. All right, I'll let you ladies keep it rolling. Thanks, Matt. So it, one of the things that I know in working with as many women as I've worked with is we have a lot of limiting beliefs as women, you know, with, with, when it comes to, you know, being a mom, even just with that and with our bodies and in, in this whole idea of balance, which I, I really like the word harmony over balance. Um, cause I don't feel like we can truly balance anything in our lives. Um, and then you add work into that. And I imagine you're living on a farm, adding 
some of that into life. And I know some of the ladies here are doing all of these things. What would, when you think about limiting beliefs and the freedom that comes from not being so limited, what are, what are your words around that? Mm. Well, I will tell you, I will give you this. There is a phrase that I use. I use it. I don't even know how many times I, there's no point to count anymore, but it's become something that I share with all of my clients. Um, Most of them have, have adopted it as well. I encourage them if they don't like it, find something else. But this is something that really helps me with what you're talking about with harmony. I love what you said, harmony. That's so great. I love that word too, over balance. Balance is, is, is such a, it's such a BS thing. So I love that harmony. All right. So, but here's, here's the phrase that I use. It, it is inspired by Romans 828. If, if, if you want to look any background on that, but this is the phrase is everything is always working out for us. I say that phrase nonstop. Everything is always working out for us. And it helps me, especially times when there are limiting beliefs that do pop up, right? Um, because the idea with a limiting belief is not that you are going to deny it, right? Because I think that's a mistake. It's like, you have this limiting belief, like, oh no, I can't have that limiting belief versus let's be curious about this limiting belief. Not judgmental, but be curious. Like, hmm, that's interesting, Leah. That's interesting that you think that. Why do you think that? And a lot of times I'll try to work through it, but also I'll also start saying that phrase of everything is always working out for us. When things go right, when things go wrong, everything is always working out for us. I can take any failure I experience and I can learn so much from it to make sure I don't have that experience again. I can take any win that I experience in my life and I can learn from that and to see how else it can be applied. Everything is always working out for us. I mean, I have said this at the best of times and the worst of times in my life. Um, And it has helped me create that harmony, keep me in a frame of mind that is centered on abundance versus scarcity and is always looking towards the positive and looking towards taking something that's not ideal and seeing how it can still work for me. You know, it's with this whole idea of, of the limiting beliefs. I think we don't question our thoughts enough. We'll we'll say, well, I can't do this, or I don't have enough time. That's, that's one of the infamous, you know, phrases that I hear, you know, most of us say, including myself, I don't have enough time to do this. We don't ever question, well, I do have enough time to do this. Yeah. And I think that that's where we lose out the most of, well, I can't lift heavy things, or I, I can't, get a job because I'm raising six kids or I can't do this. We don't, we don't oftentimes question our thoughts. And I think there's so much value in, Hey, what if I can, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We we don't like, (laughs) we hold ourselves sometimes to these levels of authority that we really shouldn't in our life. And I know that sounds crazy, but sometimes we think that every thought that comes through is just ultimate truth. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It might not even be your thought. Like, hold, like we have to question, where is that coming from? Is that coming from really me? Is it coming from a fear? Is it coming from something that was said to me in the third grade? <laughs> you know, some, it's all coming from somewhere. And we have to think about where this is because we've all been hurt. We've all been broken. We've all had those dumpy moments in life and they create these experiences and our brain and our mind sometimes holds on to these experiences and it creates feelings and it creates thoughts from them. 
And sometimes new experiences can trigger those old past feelings. And so, yeah, you're right. Like we need to question more of these thoughts that we have, uh, because, you know, I'm sure you've heard it before, but if you want, if, if, if you really want to change your life in any way, you have to change your thoughts. You have like the quality of your life is the quality of your thoughts. And if you want to change your life, change the quality of your thoughts, change the Mm -hmm. quality of like, what are you really spending time thinking on? And then being, having like stronger boundaries over what you allow to, to influence your thoughts, song, like music, movies, books, TV, what you scroll accounts, you follow, you know, it's, we also just don't have those stronger boundaries around our thoughts. And so we don't question them, but then we allow everything to come at us thinking that we can push it off when we're already busy with home, house, kids, work. Are you kidding me? Like we have so many things that we're doing. And then we're also thinking that we're going to, we're going to police our own thoughts and police all of the messages in culture and in the world that may not be for us, right. Or might not be what we want to bring into our life. And so we have a lot more control than we think in our life. We have a lot of control over our thoughts and creating new thoughts too in our, in our mind and rewiring those. We definitely have the control over that. And I I think a lot of times it's the choice and we don't choose to create the different story. We choose to sit in the crappy story and it's, it, and I, you know, it's, it's fun because I know I, I see this doing this with my, my children. Sometimes they'll, they'll come home and they're like just in one of these little crappy moods and it's like all the negative stuff. So I will stop, especially my youngest in his tracks. And I'm like, okay, now you have to tell me five awesome things that happened today. And it, it, but we don't do that with ourselves often. I think a lot of times we just sit in that negative because that's where our headspace is. And I think that a lot of the work we're doing here in this program, and I'm sure the work that you do with your, your ladies, it's building that so that when you are in a low, because we're not going to always be in this high, I, I would love to say that I, I'm always here, but there are days that you're going to dip down into there. And that's when you get to pull from your tool belt of here are the things that I know to be true and to start cycling through those thoughts so that we're not continuously like spending an entire day in the negative. Yeah, absolutely. So every thought, believe it or not, has a goal. And when you think about it like that, like all of our thoughts have a goal. What is the goal of thinking that thought? So if you have this negative thought that continues to repeat itself and it it gets in, you get into a thought loop is what we call it, right? It has a goal and you have to be, it's, I mean, this is hard, but you have to start thinking like, wait, what's the goal? If the goal is, or I'm sorry, if, if, if the negative thought loop that you find yourself in is, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Like what's the goal of that? It's going to create massive scarcity in your life. You're going to feel on edge, anxious. You never get enough done. The to-do list is constantly, um, you know, growing and not checking things off that puts you in this state of high cortisol. Um, your sleep is going to just stink. Your mood's going to tank. You're going to like, I mean, everything goes down, right? So if you understand that there's goals behind every thought, then you can start changing. It helps you kind of change the trajectory of those thoughts. So I do this a lot with, with my clients. And this is what, this is an exercise that we do of, and and I've talked about this too, a lot on different podcasts, but 
the hard truth, hard truth, ladies, for all of us, me included, is that we tell ourselves one or two things. We tell ourselves everyday results or we tell ourselves stories. Stories are just a really nice way to say excuses. So I say, I say stories because I'm trying to be nicer. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tough cookie, so I kind of usually give <laughs> the tough love vibe, but I'm trying to change it a little bit for myself so it's more easy for us to accept. We tell ourselves stories or we tell ourselves results. When you start changing your thoughts to be goal-orientated to the results you want in your life, it, your whole thought changes. The words coming out of your, your, your mouth change because you want a certain result. If the result that you want um, out of your day is a certain thing, you're going to say, this is the result I want. Like, this is the life I want. This is the day that I want, right? Versus you tell yourself stories. And I find myself, this is one of the, this is actually, if, if, if you have anybody on your team, if you have anybody ever working for you, a great way um, that I look at when I look at my admin of my team, when I'm like actually kind of like going through the administrative needs of the people on my team, I look at, I look at times when my team members are giving me results or are they giving me stories? Is it every time I come to them, it's like, oh, I couldn't get that done because, oh man, I got sick last week. And I'm like, hey, you tell me stories. You're telling me stories. You're not telling me results. Right. Um, and so the same thing goes for me. Same thing goes for all of us. We have to turn, turn that in. Like, what am I telling? Am I telling myself stories every day of why I'm not doing the things that I really want to do? Or am I going to give or give myself new words of like reframing my thoughts with goals towards results, with goals towards results. And then you reverse engineer those results to get to be really tiny bite-sized pieces so that I am not overwhelming myself with the big result, but I'm taking, I'm breaking it down being like today, I'm going to, today I'm going to sign up for this one, you know, course that's going to help me do that podcast or whatever it might be in your business or for your work might be, but it's result orientated and it has a goal attached to it. And when our thoughts are centered more towards results and goals, they're going to lend themselves um, for us to have a life that we are actually intentionally creating for ourselves. I like how you said bite-sized pieces, because I think a lot of times when we, we think about a goal, we think about the big goal at the end and we don't, we don't give ourselves the permission to, to actually parcel out what it's going to take to get there. Um, and, and so it's so overwhelming that we're like, ah, nope, not today. Maybe yes. tomorrow or I'll yes. start Monday. Yeah. I'll start Monday, you know, um, Think that's one of the biggest limiting beliefs ever. It's like, what? No, let's start now. Like, what's that one little step? You know, it's like it. I I always think about the the baby learning to to walk. Right? It's like the baby doesn't fall and go. No, I'm not doing this. That was too hard. And I'm, you know, it's the baby falls a hundred times before the baby actually learns how to walk. And it's the same with us. And in the same with our our goals is we can't fast forward to the end. We've got to take it from right now. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You can't fast forward. That's so good. And the, and here's, here's something important I think to remember when you have goals and dreams one, we always dream in a 2.0 version of ourselves. So your goals will always be like the 2.0 version. We, we don't dream of like steps one through four right? We're like, oh, isn't it? I can't wait to write all the emails. I can't wait to do the network. 
nobody wants to dream like that. You're like, I want this business. I want it to look like this. I want the website to be finished like this, whatever the goal. But you dream in a, almost like a 2.0 version of that dream. But you have to go back to the 1.0 version and actually do the work, right? So it's okay that your dream is big. It's okay that your dream has all the bells and whistles. You need that. You need the motivation. You need to, you need to put on the visionary hat and you need space to do that. It's a good thing. Now you have that big dream and you're just going to start reverse engineering. Like, okay, so what's going to happen? And I encourage you, like, I love doing these exercises with my clients where with, um, sticky notes, Sticky notes are just my best friend. I love them because you take this big dream and then on a sticky note, like start thinking like, okay, what are all the things that I need to do to complete that big dream and put one thought on a sticky note and then put it on a wall so that you can see everything on the wall. And then when you have that one sticky note, you're like, Ooh, before I do that sticky note, I need to do this little piece first. And then you have another sticky note and you attach it to that one. And it helps you reverse engineer and break down all the steps to whatever it is you want to do. And then you can move those little sticky pieces all on the wall, take them with you and a big binder if you need to go someplace to work on it later. But I love like those practical pieces to our dream are so helpful. Like you need the visionary piece. Don't discount that. It's a good thing to do. Keep going back to like how it's going to be when it's all said and done, but allow yourself to take the small steps to take really small steps um, and to learn how to do those things and to figure out, okay, what do I need to learn? Who do I need to contact? Who could help me with this? And of course, you know, in all the, in all the things that we do, I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you guys, but this is just off the top of my head. I wanted to make sure I I add this one little piece in there. Um, The first thing you should think about is like, what do I want? You can, and you, you can do this activity for your, for your personal life, for your professional life, whatever you want. But like the first thing you want to fill out on a piece of paper is what do I want? And you want to get crystal clear. What do I want? It's like that, 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 that line in the movie, the notebook years and years ago, like, what do you want? She's like, oh, (laughs) it's okay that you don't know, but get crystal clear. Don't just have like this big, oh, I'd like for my life to be like, like this. No, no, no. No, it's like when people say, I just want peace. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not good enough. I'm sorry. You need to tell me what peace is for you. What is peace for you then? Peace is I need to spend 10 minutes before bed reading. Some, okay. Then that's peace. For, like you got real clear in your peace, right? So you got to go deeper and you need to figure out what do I want? The next step is why do I want that thing? Why do I want it? And you got to write down all those things. Like, why do you really want that thing? Why is it so important for you that you would give a precious time in this one life that you're living for that thing? Why? And the third piece, not necessarily the most important, but the one that most people get completely wrong is how am I going to do it? And the reason why they get it wrong is everyone thinks the how is this solitary Activity. How is never a me problem? How is always a we problem to solve? There is someone in this world that has done exactly what you want to do. And they're going to help you. There are people that you can ask, you can network with. You the how is should never be done alone. But too often we quit on our dreams or we quit on that business. We quit on what we need to do for good reasons. We have a strong why we have, we know exactly what the, what is, but we stop because we don't know how. Right. And a lot of times it's actually the thing that 
uh, unfortunately can even stop your brain from generating great ideas is because you automatically, especially in Western, in the Western hemisphere, we're so productive that typically how becomes the first question, well, how am I going to do this? I've never done it before. And then that will stop your brain into thinking versus well, what, 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 what would I want to do? Like if I could do anything and if I had all the skills and knowledge, what would I want to do? Because you can figure out the how later, and there are people that can help you figure out how. So you don't have to worry about not knowing all the answers to that. You just have to keep going with it and just realize that how it should always be something that you partner up with, even if it's literally watching TikTok videos or YouTube videos of figuring out how, you know, but someone else can help you with how you don't have to do that part alone. It's, it's often that I remind I know I've reminded a lot of ladies on this call tonight is why, because if we're not solid in why we're doing something, we're never going to get there. It's not going to be important enough for us to actually drive and figure out the how, you know, why do I want to accomplish this? And if your why is not strong enough, then it, it just won't be there. Um, so I want to, I want to give you guys an opportunity to answer questions because I can, or ask questions because I could stay here for the rest of the time. We have a little less than 15 minutes. If anybody has a question they want to throw out there, throw your hand up and, um, we'll come to you. Um, don't all put your hands up at once. I, while we're waiting for someone to ask a question, I want to, um, I want to, What's your idea on fear? Like fear is a big driver of not doing something. Mm -hmm. And I, that's, that's one of the things I think that holds most of us back. And I'm not just women, like people in general, mm -hmm. it holds us back. How do you, cause I know fear always remains. How do you deal with fear? I get nasty with fear. <laughs> I get real nasty with it. Like whenever I have fear come up, it kind of ticks me off. Mm. It, 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 it triggers me. I've learned to allow it to trigger me to do it. Like, oh, oh, you're scared. Okay. Okay. Let's, let me just show you how I'll still do it. I don't care if I'm scared. You know, I, 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 I probably attribute some of that to something within how I was made. I trigger, I, I attribute some of it to the, what I've been through. Um, I've been through a lot of public opinions about me. And so it's not been fun, but it's also made me realize it doesn't matter. No, not everyone's going to like you. They, they just won't. Not everyone's going to love you. Some people won't care about you. You're indifferent. Like it doesn't matter. So a lot of times we have fear of what other people think of us or what other people are going to say about our life, or if we get out there and do something and it's this internal piece and, and I have it too. I mean, I still have it, but I've just started to get almost, um, for me, I get angry with it. And I'm not saying that that might be the best way to go about it, but I just know that like, oh, like I recognize it's something within me that, um, that I must conquer. So it's that warrior piece of like, no, mm -mm. because if I, if I go after, and if I, if I push through this, it's going to teach me something. I'm going to learn something more about myself or about the process, or I'm going to, you know, I might do it and do it all wrong. And I have, I've publicly gone out there and tried something and it did not work. Right. I failed, but I, I, but I did it. 
And I was able to go back and do it again and again, and I got better. So I think, you know, it's such a personal thing. Fear is such a personal thing. It's something we all have. And why you have that fear is going to be something so unique to you and your own experiences and your own hurt and how you've been hurt and how you've been silenced maybe in your past. Um, and, and you didn't feel like maybe you had a voice or you had an opinion or that you were allowed to do something or, or, or it could be a million different things. I know I'm not hitting on all of them, but I know it's there for us. I know it's there for us no matter what it is. And for me, I've been able to tap into something deep within me that wants to conquer it. There's something within me that just wants desperately to be like, no, I've had too many experiences of my life where I did nothing, I said nothing out of fear, and it was the worst decision of my life. And I refused to go back to that old version of myself. And I know that with every time that I have that moment of fear, it's an opportunity to level up whoever I am, whoever God's called me to be, I need to level up that one next step. It's like taking one next step up and uh, on that ladder as we move up. And um, that's what I tend to do. Beautiful. I love just getting nasty with it. I'm like, <laughs> it's almost, it's a challenge. Right. And I, yeah. I know like there are some of us that challenge, we just like, no, nah, I don't want, I'm, I'm good. Um, Sarah James, let, let's go ahead and get your question out there. Um, let's see if I can spotlight you here. You don't have to spotlight me. I'm good. Um, you said something you talked about first off. Thank you. Leah, thank you so much for coming on. Your testimony is, I, I mean, it brought tears to my eyes. Like I, it was just so awesome. I shared something similar with just like a God moment that just brought me and it, just hearing it from other people. Cause I, I say the same thing. Like, I know I sound crazy, but this is what happened. And hearing those that, you know, I'm not the only one it happened to is just, it's nice. Um, you were talking about your spiritual rehab. What did, what did you do for that? Mm. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's, I mean, I mean, it's still ongoing. Let's just be honest, right? Like that just does not end. But it, for me, it dealt with one, I got professional help. I got some therapy, got some counseling that I needed to work through. I had a lot of like just things rolling in my brain that I was like, I don't think this is right. You know, and I've been, I've been, I made a lot of people in this world, like my enemies that are not supposed to be my enemy. So I had to work on that. I also had to spend time with my creator, right? And I had to let him do his thing in his time with me. And that was just presenting myself to him, carving out time in my schedule um, that I would allow myself to be with him and to read for me, to read scripture and just focus in deeply on the word and what that was for me. Um, healing is, is not a race. It's, um, it's, uh, getting in the boat and just going for, and just letting, letting, letting the, letting the water take you where you need to go. And it just, it doesn't end. Like, it's not, it's not a marathon. It's nothing like that. Like there's no end to it. It's just like, do you want to get into this boat and sail to the end? Like, yeah. And those rough seas, but you stay in the boat. Right. And right. so that's just, for me, I kind of, it's how I, how I envisioned it. And so it's just constantly ongoing. Um, and it was also spending some time, like really undoing a lot of those limiting beliefs. And, um, I mean, I mean, wow. Limiting beliefs, they wrapped me so tight 
it just felt like barbed wire was being wrapped around my whole body. And every limiting belief was like somebody just coming in, like un, like breaking the wires to be relaxed, to be like, oh my gosh, you mean I can create, I can create my life the way, like, you know, within reason, but like, I can, I can, I don't have to do what they say. I don't have to be what they say. Right. Um, I don't even have to be even what some, what my family says. Right. Cause I had some very well-meaning people, really, really good, good hearts, but are like, oh, you should do this. You should do this. And I'm like, man, it's just, I don't know. Like that's not in my heart. Like, I don't think that I'm being drawn into that piece. So it was really kind of undoing a lot of, a lot of the influences around me and then being very, you know, honest with myself of like, okay, what have I done here? That, that, that aided in this, you know, debacle that I found myself in. And then there's also a period in my life, um, during this like spiritual rehab where I had for me personally, I made a list of some very obvious, like some people in my life where I was not a good friend. I was not a good per person to, and I had to make amends. And then I went to those people and you know, I apologized or, and I made amends and I, that type of repentance is extremely healing. And so for me to heal, it also meant for me to admit I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And a, I had a lot of different experiences where I had wronged people in a variety of ways. And, um, and I knew it, like they were on my heart, their names were on my heart. I see, you could see their faces. Like I knew it and I had to do that. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that experience because, um, it was so healing for both of us and it just it laid to rest everything in the past of like, okay, I need to make amends. I need to do this right. And not just like, okay, I'm a better per person now. It's all going to be fine. And then you just like, forget the past. I'm like, no, I need to deal with it. And when I, after I deal with it, then I need to move on, but moving on, you know, you have to be able to make those amends and be able to engage in repentance, especially when you are in the wrong and, and you know it. And I did, I knew, I knew it. I was wrong. And I needed to, I needed to make that right. Thank you. Thank you for that. That is, yeah, the healing is not a race. I, you want it to be though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want, you want it to be a sprint, get it over with, right? Right. Cause it's but. so uncomfortable. Right. And you, here's the other thing too, is that what, what I've also realized is that, um, God wants our healing. And what I hear so many times from people being like, oh, well, it's just a wound I have. It's just this wound I have. I'm like, okay, well, you can have the wound, but God wants the wound to be healed. It's not like, oh, I have this wound. Let's let it continue oozing and gushing blood. I'm like, if he, if he calls himself the divine physician, I think he wants healing. Like, I don't know. Like, that's just like, like take it, take it however you want. But like, our wounds are meant to be healed. We are it's, it's that saying, it's like, if, if you don't handle your wounds, you're going to bleed on people who didn't cut you. Mm. And so being able to spend time working on that and allowing it to happen. And then, you know, later on, I mean, it's like, it's like my, some of my wounds have definitely ha have been healed, but then there's other times later on in life where I've noticed like something has allowed me to revisit it, to even go deeper in that he healing. And I'm so grateful for that. And, and so there's just these layers to it. And I, it's all a mystery. I don't pretend to know it. And I don't pretend to have all the answers. And I don't, um, you should not come to me for your, for your spiritual, you know, healing that, that, that's not my thing, but I know that it exists and I know that it's possible. And so that's all I'm saying is that healing is possible.
That's awesome. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, let's go with Alejandra. Hello, Leah. I'm super grateful you're here. I got to know your story about five, six years ago when I moved here to Illinois. Um, but I never put your name with the picture of your face and I never took the time to go to your website. So I'm so grateful that I'm like, I just show up here. I'm like, is this the lady? <laughs> yes, this is the lady. So I'm super grateful you're here. Uh, I am from Colombia, South America. Uh, many of the things that you mentioned uh, kind of go along. I read this book. I imagine you read it. That is um, The Four Tendencies. Mm -hmm. And I also work with women. And it's so interesting since that book came out, like maybe five years ago, I give it to my clients. And most of my American clients have been obligers. But when I, I also give it to Colombian clients, most of them have been questioners. Mm. And it's an interesting fact. And so I'm here. I have many communities of moms around me that I help spiritually and also physically in functional coaching. Um, then I can tell that many of the women that I work with have this obliger tendency. And they also have grown up here in the 70s or 80s with a very high achiever um, way of being, controlling things. And, but they are, which is great because I consider myself a high achiever too. But their worth, I realized their worth is putting their achievement. Mm -hmm. So how can we help ourselves, the ones who like to put our worth in, in the achievement piece? Mm. Realizing that you can't, you can't achieve your worth. So how can I help these women that, or myself also, that I have that tendency? How can we help to, to recover our true worth as human beings, children of God, versus um, the achievement piece? Oh, you know, I don't know if I have, or I don't know if I know, I don't know if I have an answer for all of that. I know that it's, it's something where it's something where we must recognize those tendencies within us, you know, for the higher achievers like that. Oh, it's, it's, we, we want, when you, when you go after and you want to achieve everything and you do it on your own accord, right? Like it's your own work and your own effort into, into the work that you're doing or your business that you're doing and you achieve that thing and you, and you get that thing, but what is worth then? right? It's that identity piece, right? And, and our worth and our identity and like, how are we, like, where are we focusing in on that? And who am I when, it, if it was all taken away, what would I be left with? If everything was taken away, what am I left with? And, um, I think that is, I think that's, that it's a consistent mindset challenge and work that we do and that anybody has to do, because it's also something that we have to protect ourselves against constantly. So, I think it would be something where, you know, it's, it's just a constant work mindset and prayer of just who we are and what we're doing and being able to see in the grand scheme of things, where all this fits into place with eternity. And, um, you know, I think that that just keeping that constant reminder in, 
in there. I mean, it's it is very difficult, I think, for for the higher achievers to start to separate out their worth from their achievements, right? Um, it's constantly something there. And it's so different because in different cultures, you just don't see, you don't see that. So here, you know, in America, it's, it's just so prominent where we have so much of our high achievers and so much of our worth into what we do, right? Into what we do. It's actually one of the first things. I mean, like when I was first introduced, like, how do you want to introduce yourself, Lee? And I, I, I do, I intentionally think about like, if everything is taken away from me, if my work is taken away from me, if my farm is taken away from me, if my children are taken away from me, if my husband is taken away from me, who am I? Who am I? And I have to strip myself intentionally in my mind of all these things. And I look at myself of who, where my identity is. And it's not in my achievements. It, it's in who I, it's in who I am. It's who I've made, who, who I was made to be. It's who I belong to. And so you know, I think that Alejandra, it's something where it's just a constant mindset piece to it. Um, I would start there and then I would just, you know, let the good Lord do his work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I, rem- I like to do that. I remind myself uh, this was a wonderful thing that I achieved, but, you know, thanks, thanks to God, thanks to my talents, thanks to Whatever. Yeah, gratitude. Gratitude is always so, so important. Um, when we have those moments of achievement too, like it's so good and it, it is good to achieve those things. And you do want to have those, the, the, those wins. It's not a bad thing, but when we tie yourself to it, then you also are tying yourself to the things that you didn't do. And you tie yourself to all your failures. You tie yourself to all your losses. And then you are constantly in a struggle between your failures and your wins. And that is not a healthy place to be. And I, I mean, I have been there. I know. So it's maybe it's just the experience of like letting that happen and seeing, seeing that place. I'm like, you can actually step out of that race. You don't have to fight that fight. You can step out, get out of the ring. That's not where you belong. You're over here. And regardless if your business fails or, 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 or it skyrockets, you're still good. You're still good. Everything is always working out for us and it's all, and it's going to find its way back working out for us again. So, um, you know, probably for hard-headed people like me, you had to go and experience it the hard way and you got into the wrong ring, you know, and I was fighting the wrong fight until I realized I don't have to be here. I don't have to do this. It's a choice, right? It's a choice. I'm like, no, this is not. And you just get out of the ring and you, you find the spot where you need to be. Thank you so much. Leah, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, do you have time for one more question? Yes, absolutely. All right. Um, so Lindy, let's go with your, you'll be the last question for her. Okay. Hi, Leah. Thank you so much. You're speaking my language like beyond words right now. Um, my question, you spoke about spiritual rehab and I'm a big believer that we're never done with that work. I've been peeling back the, back the layers for a decade now, but um, I'm currently in a phase of my life where it's intense spiritual rehab. I've gone through a divorce and you know, after a 19 year, very challenging marriage, I have three kids and the divorce has been like beyond difficult. Um, but what I'm finding is that I continue to have a story that I need to reach a certain destination 
in my rehab before I'm ready to really take action in reinventing myself as, you know, a, a business owner, a career woman. Um, I feel a huge purpose to serve women and young women in a multiple, in multiple ways, but I keep running into the story that like, I'm not there yet. You know, I'm not qualified mm-hmm. yet. I've got to grow more, heal more, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then this weekend, the bullshit flag kind of started to fly for me at the event we were all at. And um, I'm just curious what you would say to that, to someone yeah. in my shoes. Yeah. Well, first off, Linda, you have my prayers. Keep healing. Keep on the journey. God love you. It's, you know what? We all have these crosses we carry and we don't even like, we don't even know how hard they are. Right. Like every freaking woman on this screen, if you're showing your face, if you're not showing your face, all of us are holding on to like, we are carrying crosses hard and heavy. And I just wanted to acknowledge that in every single one, like, yes, we are. God help us. Yes, we are. Um, and you know, God give us the grace to just do it one more day, right? Just one more day and we'll keep going on. To get to your question, I would tell you this, and I'll tell anybody this, you are when you say you are. (laughs) You're ready when you say you're ready. You're the writer when you say you're the writer. You're the coach when you say you're the coach. You're the business owner when you say you're the business owner. You are when you say you are. So if 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 you're telling yourself, oh, I'll have to wait till later, that's what you are. You're telling yourself, I have to wait till later. Your mind is keeping your mind. Our minds always want to keep our lives in the affirmative. They want to keep our actions and our thoughts in the affirmative. So what I mean by that is when you say something like, oh, I'm so tired. Your mind is literally taking that thought and statement and saying, okay, Leah said she's tired. So think of like all these little people in my mind saying, okay, let's make sure that Leah is definitely affirmed in her thought of I'm so tired. Oh yeah. Do you remember what time you got up <laughs> and how many times your kids woke you up and how many things you had to do? And my mind's like, oh my, yeah, I am so tired. Oh, I'm so tired. And you are just even more tired after you said you were tired because your mind is like, we are, we are on your side, Leah, whatever you say, we're going to, we're going to make sure it's the case, right? Mm-hmm. Our minds work in the affirmative. And so when you say I'm not ready all you're doing with your thoughts and your mind is saying, oh, let's make sure she had, let's make sure Lindy has every reason to make sure she's not ready. Like, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, cause this just happened. Oh, did you hear what happened last week? Oh, and this, like, you know what, actually it's next week's a little busy. So you better not do that. You're going to be in the affirmative. So when we change our thoughts orientated towards our goal, right? When we are more result orientated and we start saying who we are, it becomes who we are. It becomes who we are. So, I mean, this happens. So this happens so many times. I have so many moments in my life right now. I'm thinking of where I began. I said something scary to me. It was scary of like this new thing I was doing. Right. I remember when I first started sharing my story on stages and it came out of nowhere, nowhere. I mean, I started talking at a couple local events before I was thrown on a stage with like 4,000 people. And then I'm thrown, like flown all across the world to 20,000 people and sharing my story on stages. And I'm like, who, who am I? And what is this life? And I felt like a fraud. I mean, imposter syndrome, totally going on being like, I'm on this stage with all these people. And my life was a mess just a few years ago. Like, what am I doing? Like, this is insanity. And I remember being behind stage and just being like, no, 
I am a public speaker. I am a speaker with a message. I share a message of mercy. I share a message of changing your life. And I am changing my life. Every day I'm changing it a little bit better. And that's a story I can stand behind. That's the truth. So whatever it is for you, it's no, this is who I am, right? It's, it, it could be anything. It could be professionally. It could be personally. This is who I am. When I changed, um, when I left the modeling world and I was doing my spiritual rehab, one of the things that I had to work on, and it was so humiliating for me to work on this is that I was so unhappy with my life back then. And there was a period of about a decade of my life that was really chaotic, that I was living really far from the Lord, so to speak, oh, far away from anything moral and, and good and doing things I never thought I never thought I, I would ever do my whole life. And I was doing them and to get myself through those moments and those days, I lied to myself. I lied to other people about my life or what I was doing because I couldn't even face the truth of, of the things I, of, of who I was. So when I left that world and I was, I, I, I left New York and I, I went back home and I'm trying to, you know, ground myself back in, in, in truth and in faith and, and in just like who I'm called to be. Right. I had to face this statement of like, I am not a liar. And one of my, I am statements of like, you are who you are. I'm like, no, I tell the truth. I tell the truth. I'll tell it. If it hurts, I'll tell if it's embarrassing. I will not lie. I, 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 Leah tells the truth. And that's one of the things when I began to be like, okay, if I'm telling the truth and I need to make amends in my life. And that's when I went to people and like, I did this and I was wrong and I'm sorry, and I'm asking for your forgiveness. And here's what I'm going to do to make it better as much as I can at this point in time. And so for me, this, what I'm telling you to do, I've done in so many different ways, but I know it's been true is that you are, when you say you are like, I tell mm -hmm. the truth. When I said, I started to say to myself, no, I tell the truth. This is my identity. This is who I am. When I became a speaker, I am a public speaker. This is who I am. I don't care what you think about that job. That's who I am. When I became a coach, I'm a coach. I'm a mindset coach. I'm a business. Yes, this is who I am. And this is what I help women do. And it's something you have to start changing your mind and in your thoughts on, because we are called into living a life of abundance, not a life of scarcity. And when you don't acknowledge that you live this life of scarcity, I mean, how many, like we live life like scarcity of time, scarcity of resources, scarcity of success, right? I better not like, like what, what if it works? <laughs> what, what if people actually calling me for work? What if it works? Right. Scarcity. But that's not where we're called to live. We're called to live in abundance and abundance is always going to be scary. And it's going to require you to be brave. And remember, you don't get the courage until you do the thing when you're scared, right? The courage comes later, right? That's the great benefit of doing something scared. Yeah. So I would tell you, you are, when you say you are, that's it. So you control that. It's not like you keep waiting for someone to give you. It seems like you keep waiting for someone to tell you now go now, but mm -hmm. you hold the button. You hold that. You hold the start button. It's only you who can press that. So right. that's just, that's on you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Welcome. Leah, this has, this has been amazing. And I'm, I could ask a, a gazillion questions just because you and I are doing the same kind of work and it's, it's my passion. It's my purpose. I I want to be a voice to women, um, just to give themselves permission to, 
to just try it, to be who they are right now without all the excuses and, and challenges that get in the way. And um, so let us know how we can find you. Um, I know you have a book. Tell us the mm-hmm. name of your book and to find you on social media and your yep. podcast and stuff. Yeah. So a lot of new things coming out, right? The best part, best way to get a hold of me or to stay connected is just through social media. Um, Instagram at Leah Darrow. You can find me there. My website's leahdarrow.com. I do have a book called The Other Side of Beauty. If you want to hear a little bit about my story, kind of laid out a little bit more. Um, I've got uh, another new book in the works. I say in the works. I haven't started writing it, but I, I have I have it working on. It's but I'm but I'm a writer, right? I, I am what I, I say what I am. So I'm, I'm doing that. Um, and I got a new podcast coming out at the beginning of the year. It's just going to be called the Leah Darrow Podcast, and it's going to be all the things for moms, for entrepreneurs, for mompreneurs to help you, help you stay motivated, mindset work, business coaching work. So I'll be doing that, but yeah, my, just stay uh, connected through um, Instagram is where I usually find myself most on these days. Uh, and I, yeah, I would love to help, love to reach out. Um, it is me answering my messages. So feel free. If you need <laughs> anything, let me know. Um, yeah, I'm here for you. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for your time tonight. And we have absolutely loved having you on and um, I will stay connected for sure because this has been fun. Thanks so much. Yeah, you're so welcome. Just whatever you do, do it messy. Don't wait for things to be cleaned up to do it. Just do it messy and just get it going because it's so easy to clean up once you know exactly what it is you need to do. So just start whatever it is you want to do. Heck yeah. Do it messy. That's, that's a great last words to end this on ladies, you know, um, at the end of all of our calls, we always, uh, drop in our network, the biggest takeaway and what action are you going to put in place so that it's not some cool stuff you listen to, but you actually go and apply it to your lives. Thank you ladies for being here. I honor your time because I know how busy we are as moms and entrepreneurs and all of the other things and hats that we wear. Um, so thank you for being here. Thank you, Leah.